back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry and ElisaIlana.com. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Welcome back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Well, if you love pops of color, vibrant organic paintings in an unusual medium, you will love the work of visual artist Joe Mangrum. Using sand as paint, this New York City-based artist creates social interactions around his spontaneous creations in the streets. Creating over 500 public sand paintings, his work has been featured in New York City, San Francisco, Beijing, Copenhagen, and festivals such as Coachella. And you may have seen him featured on PBS. And if you have kids, maybe you caught him painting on Sesame Street. But what you'll really love is his philosophy behind his art. Believing the urban grid we are tossed and turned on is out of sync with the natural world and makes us spiritually disconnected, Joe is reclaiming these connections and claiming fans of all ages, and he joins us to chat about his visual art. His name is Joe Mangrum, and he paints with sand. A visual art form helps you understand. We're all connected today before it blows away. Before it blows away. Welcome to the show, Joe. How are you? <laughs> Good. Good. How are you? Uh, pretty amazing. Oh, great. You know, this is so cool what you do. But first, describe how you paint with sand. Uh, well, I just I have a selection of about 35 different colors uh, that are all like commercially made colors made of sand. And I just take a, a handful and I pour it right through the palm of my hand using my Pinky and to kind of grip the sand and control the pour as it as it flows through the lifeline or love line, whatever in my hand there. Mm-hmm. Do you just do it from your head? You don't sketch out a pattern first. No, no, they're all completely improvised. I just start by putting a dot down in the center, and then it, the whole process is like having a dialogue with the day. And you know, whatever color comes out of my hand at first, and then I keep responding to those colors, and I add shapes and those shapes imply other shapes, and it builds on itself throughout the day. Sometimes the wind can influence it, and just the tone of the day. You know, mm-hmm. every day is different. Now, how long does it take from start to finish? Normally, uh, six to eight hours, but I have worked on pieces for up to 75 hours oh, in the past. Wow. And I did a project at the Museum of Art and Design where I painted a total of 24 hours in two days, and I circled the entire block of the museum on the outside sidewalk in two days' time, so it was uh, constantly growing and moving around this giant space of sidewalk. Do your shoulders, arms, legs get tired? How do you deal with fatigue? I learned to move very methodically and to not get my alignment out of whack so much, so okay. uh, generally I just feel very tired at the end of the I day, bet. especially mm-hmm. like yesterday when the sun was beating down so hard, but... Uh, I'm pretty good. So do you find uh, yourself moving almost like a dancer, in a way choreographed? In a way. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't stand outside myself and watch, but it's, sometimes I wonder how I actually get up and down. Like, my feet just go, whoop, and I'm <laughs> all of a sudden standing up again. You're motivated by the art, by the day, by the circumstances, really. Yeah, and just my mood and the, and the mood of people around me and making vibrant things. Sometimes the weather will affect it, sometimes not. Have so. you ever done it in the rain? I do. The rain is more predictable than, than the wind. Okay. And so sometimes wind will blow things completely away. But other days you'll get a light, misty rain, and it's a beautiful condition to work under. The fan reacts differently as it hits the surface, and then there's all this contrast that 
comes out as a painting. Does it all run together? Um, Well, if it's misty like that, it's not bad. It's a great Uh condition to work. And then if it gets too hard, then the drops will start to affect the surface of the sand in a different type of way, making it like really fuzzy, and then eventually it just dissolves and and it's all gone. Now, how does the heat affect the sand? Mostly it's just hot. Okay. (laughs) uh, You can put your hand on the ground and and it's very hot to touch. And then when it gets really hot in the middle of the summer, there will be the dark colors, especially. I can actually feel my hand throbbing because they get so hot. Wow. And it's uh, it's a tricky way. you got to kind of put your hand on a bag of sand to keep it from getting too hot. Interesting. Now, how did you first get into sand as a medium? When I lived in San Francisco, I was offered a show here in New York. At the time, I was making all these installation pieces using different found objects and, and auto parts and computer parts and so forth. And I had to travel to New York, and I couldn't bring all that stuff with me. So I got here and kind of looked around to find what type of materials I could use and picked out some ceramic tiles and some other dried beans and things like that, but then discovered colored sand. Mm-hmm. And really used this uh, to create my first impressions of New York out of where is this idea of the gridded landscape of uh, black and white tiles and shades of gray, and these sand creations then would run over the edges of the tiles and turn them into iridescent blue. So there's this whole idea of bringing color into a black and white landscape, mm-hmm. bringing the circular and organic forms into the suburban grid. Mm-hmm. And that's your philosophy is bringing more of the organic spiritualness to the very distinct categories that we're pushed into. Yes, I think we really... Uh, we're born into this world where it's already sort of been predetermined that we live in a box or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that type of architecture affects the way we think. Mm-hmm. And I see how people gather naturally in a circle. It feels much more dynamic. And that goes back in different mythologies, like the Knights of the Round Table or so forth. It's, it's an embedded psychology that I think has been lost over time. And people gather in circles to watch you do your work. Right. Uh-huh. It's an equalizer. Uh-huh. So, you know, people, all voices are equal in that sense, as opposed to uh, a different dynamic of the grid or the square where people listen to someone at the front of the room. Or, or the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh-huh. It's an equalizer. You're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. We're here chatting with visual artist Joe Mangrum. Now, your art and philosophy are very connected. Do you think that art with the philosophy behind it connects more with people than someone who just, like, decides to paint a horse or something? Uh, well, I think all art can connect to, to people, and everyone has their own way of expressing things. You know, just a painting of a horse, for example, can be very emotional. Mm-hmm. It has a vitality of life in it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not just as simple as that. I think uh, mm-hmm. art is uh, interpretive, but it's, it's how you are able to connect to it over time and relate to it and mm-hmm. meditate on what the art is actually about. That one would respond and get more depth of meaning from something by examining it further. Mm-hmm. Just as anything that you want to specialize in, you, you get more and more meaning. Now, what came first for you, the art form or the philosophy, or did they kind of work side by side? I think it's partially my coming of age, and you know, I was always looked at as gifted in, in art, but I didn't really know who I was uh, when I came of age uh, through college and my travels after college. I became more self-aware of who I was, what I wanted to say, and how I could bring that message out to the world. 
Now, with your art, especially the ones on the street, I mean, it blows away or it gets taken away by the weather conditions or whatever. So, I mean, you can't spend time with it to have it change for you over time. Well, that's uh, the thing about it's like being with the experience of the work when people are uh, able to see it. And in person, it's, it's a different experience. But I feel... You know, documenting these over time, as well as making other permanent works, uh-huh. uh, people will be able to live with that experience to see the library of images that I have, and um, and and be able to relate to it. It is a different experience, but it, when you see a photograph and you know it's made of sand, this image, and I think that that translates. Mm-hmm. So people can look in the context of life's work and all these, you know, five hundred plus paintings I've done thus far, and, uh, and see its whole transition and how things evolve. And have changed. The medium of sand, you know, we've all played in sandboxes as kids, and if you grew up near the ocean, you know, there's a lot of happy thoughts, I would think, associated with sand. Do you think that that plays into the whole experience of it? Sand is like it's connecting with nature, too. Uh-huh. You know, I grew up with a sandbox in my backyard. Uh-huh. I grew up in Missouri. I think that's have a bit of a nostalgia to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some ways, and then the bright colors have a new flavor to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think sand is interesting medium just in the way it flows and as a texture and how you're able to manipulate it as a, you know, from a thin line to a wide line or to toss it across a painting and, and create mm-hmm. a shading effect. Mm-hmm. It has a lot more versatility than, than some paints do. Uh-huh. Now, do you ever start with a dot and you don't know what to do? <laughs> <laughs> When you don't know what to do, you just trudge forward and, and something will come to Something you. will come. <laughs> Somewhere along the way, you've got to make a decision. And then, it's you know, in that case, it's just go with your gut. Uh-huh. That's what happens. Uh-huh. And uh, sometimes it'll lead you down the path of, like, what am I doing? <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, but, it's, uh, it's performance art, though, too, because you truly are, as people gather and watch you, you're not only an artist creating, but you're also a performer. Yeah, in some ways, but I think people get a, a real deep understanding of what goes on when they do sit around, and especially in New York City here, you have um, you know thousands of people pass you in a day, and then mm-hmm. sometimes that one person will hang out for four or five hours, and then they'll see all the different interactions that I have with people and, and how this artwork acts as a vehicle uh, for people to connect over, and you see all these different types of people in all walks of life. And you'll see them, you know, conversing in German or Italian or, mm-hmm. or Japanese or Chinese and mm-hmm. all different ages connecting in this public space. So you kind of see and yourself really as a connector. To some degree, yes. Now, if you had advice for the up-and-coming artist who may be hearing this right now, what would you say? I think for a young artist, I think it's really important to connect to who they are themselves and what makes what they want to express unique. So it's knowing yourself first. And if you can express yourself in a unique way, then that expression will resonate with a larger audience. Now, when you're doing your art, how do you erase a mistake? Uh, it's simple. Just paint right over it. You can either paint right over it or wipe it out with your hand and it's gone. You know, it's, it's as simple as that. There was a purpose for that question because that leads us to our question of the day. How do you recover from mistakes in your life? Maybe not quite as easy as pouring sand over it. Um, you learn from them and move on. I think it's best to, to not dwell on them, but take from what 
you've learned from the mistake and keep moving in a, in a direction that's going to be beneficial to you. Mm-hmm. Like if you get hung up on it, then you're living in the past. You're, you stay focused on the present situation and what's in front of you. You keep moving forward just like you do with your sand art. Yep, round and round and round. Mm-hmm. It, it, goes. It's truly a reflection of who you are. Yes. I think so. Uh-huh. Now, I have a three-year-old, and I first saw you on Sesame Street, so I wanted to know what was that Sesame Street experience like for you, filming that? Uh, it's really amazing. The puppeteer, his name is Joey Mazzarino, and uh, he is the character uh, that is Murray. And he's an amazing improv artist, and the, the whole, whole segment was pretty much improv. Uh, there was just a few things that they had to with introductions and so forth that had to be in the script, but all of our interactions was completely improvised, and and he did all kinds of gags with the sand and sneezing in it and different things, <laughs> and it made the whole uh, experience exciting. Uh, we had a dramatic time, though, because they were filming other parts of the segment when I was creating the painting, so there was a cameraman with me, and uh, right as they had finished all their filming. They were ready to do all the segments with me. This wind came up and circled over the painting <laughs> and nearly destroyed it. And oh. then it took like 10 minutes and did these quick repairs on it. And I was like, okay. Oh, <laughs> my like God. Everybody, Gosh. Everybody's heart stopped. And oh. it was, uh, oh, no. And how many hours <laughs> had you been at it at this point? Uh, over six. Okay. Wow. Oh. It's those behind-the-scenes things that happen that are, wow. Okay, Jonah, you've got some things coming up in Chicago. Uh, I'm opening in two office tower buildings, one at 300 South Riverside Drive in Chicago. Okay. Okay. And one at 540 West Madison in Chicago. And those uh, paintings will be up uh, for three or four months. So anyone that's visiting the Chicago area can go and check those out. Okay. And um, there's also a whole wide spectrum of prints of former works that I'm printing up. And those will be on display in both of those lobbies. Can people get prints of your work? I have a whole bunch of them available on my website. Okay. And I'm releasing 18 new ones, joemangrum.com. And uh, you can sign up for my mailing list there to get announcements. Okay. Well, Joe, we want to thank you so much for joining us today and talking about your yeah. art and your philosophy. Thank you very much. Okay, Joe. Thank Joe. you. Take care. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Well, up next, our coffee chat. You're listening to The Mulberry Lane Show.